what we do here is go back, 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 back. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, there's three storylines to this NFL draft, okay? First one is who are the Jets going to go with at number two? That's where the draft starts. Second one, which quarterback will be the second quarterback taken off the board? And the third question mark of this draft where will the first running back be taken and will he go in the first round and the answer is yes and right now Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Mike McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. And I think it is time that we need to rename it. And I say we, and I really mean me, to Powerhouse Alone, because Macaulay Culkin is running a train on March Madness. We'll get into that in a minute, but how are you doing today? Um, doing well. You know, it, it, it's a big, big time weekend. I would say big time weekend of results. Um Everyone's tracking the March Madness once again, you know, but here we are with the 90s movies bracket that is really unfolding in a certain way, but we will get into that. So actually, we'll start with that as our first breakdown here, and then we'll get into some Raider news. Um, Micah has a surprise for us right afterwards, so I don't know what that is, um, but we're going to go to some Raider news right after that, some surprise, and then we're going to get into our Raider draft big board. Um, So Micah will take the just his, his top three, his top three of the big board um, for, for the first round. Um, and then I will take some, some guys that I think that we should take in the second round. And then we'll get into our live mock draft of the NFL. Um, it's going to be interesting because we have not talked about this. We, we chose numbers, we chose picks, um, but outside of that, it's going to be real interesting. So Micah, get us into this 90s movie breakdown update. I, I don't know what's happening, but give us a clue here. Yeah, we'll just we'll touch on it uh, uh, just just quickly, but um, basically going to go over uh, what the Elite Eight results were, uh, and then who we got a matchup in the Final Four. So to be honest with you, a lot of chalk. Got a little bit of a Cinderella story going as well. So number two Matrix uh, beat number twelve Reservoir Dogs. Number one Pulp Fiction beat number three Titanic. Number one Shawshank Redemption beat number six Toy Story Two. And the Cinderella story of the year. Number 11, Hololon beats number one Goodfellas to go to the final four. Wow. What up? I mean, we talked about this in the beginning, and it was Home Alone was just coming in hot. You know, just if you could escape the first round, great. You know, but here we are. They're in the final four. It's amazing that they're this far. But once again, it, it, it's you who is speaking this into existence. It's, it's your favorite movie. You came up with the bracket. So it's, it's not, not a shock that we are here. So, you know, big final four coming up Saturday, I believe Saturday, Sunday, and then the championship game is Monday. I believe so. Uh, don't quote me on that, but we're going to take that as hundred percent truth. So cool. Cool. Basically the way we got the games, the final four breaking down is Shawshank redemption at number one, will play number 11 home alone. Tough matchup. Gosh. Number one, Pulp Fiction will play number two, Matrix. So we were a home alone loss away from having three number ones and a number two in the final four. So just so everyone knows, to correlate it to the actual March Madness, 
UCLA is just on a bender right now going into the March Madness. We're like, I think they lost a few players back um, towards the be like uh, beginning of this year. People were like, this team's kind of trash now. And then here they are just making a run. So UCLA home alone representing each other, making a damn good run. I mean, Shawshank against home alone is exactly like Gonzaga against UCLA. <laughs> it, it's it, just it, so everyone, it's, it's, it is basically the same thing. It's direct like, okay, correlation. Yes. It's, this is the best movie of all time but they never come through. Like, it's, it's like, oh, this is such a good movie. But hey, do you want to watch But also movies? you might like, pass yeah, out on the couch. Know? Yeah, I might, I might watch. Yeah, it's also three and a half hours. So maybe we'll watch something else, you know. That's Gonzaga. And then UCLA is like, hey, what's going on? It's Home Alone, remember? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Then, you know, those things. Yeah. Take this paint bucket to the face. <laughs> that too. Paint bucket challenge. But um, no, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. So we'll see how it goes. Um, we will obviously break it down to you guys. But as we move forward to the the Raider news of the week, is uh, Colton Miller got extended three years, sixty eight million dollars, forty two I believe was guaranteed. Not surprising. Kind of saw that this was gonna happen. Um, but any feelings about you know Miller getting extended? I actually have a take. So Ooh, nice. Well, not not a take, but more so. I I, I ate the trash again. So uh oh. So, um, so, so go on. Yeah, I'll I'll be quick then. Um, I I like it. I mean, we saw so much, we saw so much turnover with our offensive line. It was like this was something that was going to have to happen eventually. Um, we've seen him progress all three years. I saw something that said his rookie year he gave up like fourteen quarterback pressures eight his second year to his, you know, last year. And so we've shown that much progression over the last three years. Everybody talks about it, how he's gotten better and whatnot. I think that the price tag on him, if you gave him, you know, say you picked up his fifth year option, he continued to get better. You know, you've got someone who has one shown progression throughout all five years and it has five years of experience in the NFL, the price tag on a left tackle, with that kind of experience is exponentially bigger than where he's at now. He's proven he's gotten better all three years, you know, progressed and is heading upwards. Uh, so I like it. I, I, we have to have some type of, you know, solidification on the offensive line somewhere. And I'm glad that it started with extending him because I think it was well worth it and the right choice. I, I agree. I mean, I think he's someone that was progressively, he got better. Um, he was someone that improved that, when he was a rookie, I believe he got hurt or he didn't have a good year as rookie year. And then he got hurt and we're like, who is this guy? And then he gradually progressed throughout the next couple of years. So I'm, I'm good with that. The, me eating the trash was I, I got into a Twitter debate, but I don't even want to talk about that. You know, it's okay. I'm just going to stay here. I'm, I might, in, might incorporate that at the end, but we have a lot to get to. So, yes. um, and more so, I'm just really, really excited for the surprise segment that you have. So please just unveil it. I, I have been waiting for five hours at this point. So go ahead. Yeah. So there was some news that popped out on Twitter. Um, some of you may have seen it. Some of you may have not. But recently it came out that Trayvon Mullen was in a music video and he had a verse on someone's rap song. I don't know who it was, what it was. Wasn't too bad. Saw the little bit of a clip of uh, him on there. But what it is, is it sparked an idea of mine. We saw after the offseason, Damon Arnett, P. 
people were getting on him for making music, making music videos. It was kind of a thing, you know what I mean? Like this guy that comes in and everybody's wondering why we draft him in the first round and then things are kind of shaky and it was more injury stuff for him. But then off season, he's like making music videos and stuff. So, you know, he was getting a lot of heat for that. Now we see Trayvon Mullen hopping in this. Um, what it did for me, it sparked um, just some brainstorming ideas, maybe some some group names of a, a rap group that we could incorporate uh, our DBs in now that all of them decide they want to just start making music and music videos. So I'm going to run a few by you. Um, yeah. Get your get your thoughts on them. Okay, cool. I will run through the three that I have and then you can give me feedback. First one is Mullen and the Arnett's. Um, that's just more of a, um, a ode to like Motown, you know, the, mm. like Ronnie and the Ronettes, which is not the yep. most ideal Love that. name. All good. Second one is Dose of Uno Trace. And Dose is D-O-S-E, like you're taking a dose of something. Trayvon Mullen was number one in college. Uh, Arnett was number three in college. So Dose of Uno Trace. And then the last one is D-B-T-M. The T-M would be like trademark and it's like like how the little squared number is on a thing Mm -hmm. it's like up in the corner um db obviously being defensive backs and whatnot but on the periodic table db is everybody knows uh dubnium and the definition yeah everyone knows that and the definition of what dubnium is it is something that is so unstable any amount formed would decompose to other elements so quickly that there's no reason to even study its effects, which is also a definition for how our secondary played last year. So might not be a bad rap group name. Corny is all hell I know, but um, your thoughts. I mean, wow. I, I have, <laughs> I have many thoughts. Um, I would, I would say for me, um, the one that would play best is the last one, which is DBTM squared. Um, I believe everyone knows that. Is it DBTM? Is that, is it, that it would it just is? be, it would be DBT. It would be capital D lowercase B. And then the TM would be like small mm-hmm. in the upper right corner. And TM obviously being like Trayvon Mullen's initials. Um, right. Also like trademarking. Mm-hmm. Or also like the Pythagorean theorem. So. No, Dubnium yeah. is the yeah. other Pyth- Pythagorean theorem. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that's... Um, I, I, I like that the most. I think I think that's the best. Yeah. I also had a I also had an honorable mention for um uh album cover name and it's the Chronicle 2027 because that's their numbers and like mm-hmm. Dr. Dre's Dr- Chronicle 2001. Yep, I'm I'm with that. But yeah. D lowercase b yeah. TM I'm in I'm in the Chronicle 2027. So. Yes. No, I'm, I'm, I'm great with that. I think that's the best, especially if we don't have to sell them on it. I think it's, it's perfect because what that actually adds up to is just, this is um, it's composing, I believe is what you said and, and not um, sustainable and shouldn't be out there, which is basically our defensive back um, operation. So no, I'm, I'm with it. I appreciate that. That's very good. And the fact that we don't have to sell it to them, we can pick it our own. So that's, that's our choice. Good stuff. Raiders draft big board uh, round one. So we are doing a mock draft and I'm going to take the odds, which basically means I'm taking one, three, five, all the way through 31, um, which also means I'm taking number 17. So Micah is going to hit on his top three big board of the first round. So he can get his input in. He will also have some input on number 17. And then I will give mine on the top three um, for the second round. So, who do you have for number 17, top three big board 
Raiders draft. Yeah. So the first one that I'm going to go with is going to be a best case scenario situation. And it's, there's probably not a huge likelihood that he drops this far, but that's going to be Micah Parsons. There's talks that he, you know, might be in that kind of 11 to 15 range. Does he drop to 17? Not very likely, but for talking my ideal big board at that point, there's a chance he could, he would be my number one linebacker out of Penn state. My number two going to go, going to go a little different here and I'll just get right to it. It's uh, Trayvon Morig at safety. Um, and we've talked about this and I, and we've talked about how taking a safety at 17 is rough and you don't necessarily like the idea of it too much, especially if you're looking at what is on the board at the time and whatnot. But the dude is a baller all around, you know, fantastic player. It's kind of one of those things where like, we need a safety so bad. I would like to go out and get that dude. That's going to be our center fielder on the back end of the defense and be done with it. And then, you know what I mean? Not have to like maybe gamble on a second or third, fourth round guy, see how it pans out. So he'd be my number two, my number three, going to be JOK stick with my dude. The only thing that I have about JOK is that he does, he is kind of similar to Abrams in the sense of like kind of his style for the most part, he's going to be better. He's going to be more of a, you know, linebacker and someone that can cover better, but it's almost like, all right, you just got potentially two Jonathan Abrams out there. I don't know. I, maybe I, maybe I'm wrong in, in thinking that way, but he, um, he does, kind of lean as much as he is a linebacker played linebacker you know could essentially fill that kind of joker role and whatnot i don't know why but to me he just kind of pans out more as like just a better coverage version of jonathan abram which isn't a bad thing obviously that's gonna be my top three gonna be micah parsons falling uh which would be the most ideal situation ever trayvon morig number two starting safety out of tcu and then jok out of notre dame um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm into that. I, th- I think that we're going to see, we're going to see how the mock draft unfolds. Um, I think they may have some opportunities to, to take those guys, but um, you know, we're going to get, get into it as, as we proceed from here. But as far as the second round is concerned, um, I do have a couple names that are listed that, you know, really we, we touched on in our breakdown. So we had, um, you know, one of them is, is Javon Holland, who's a safety out of Oregon. So, it's more so if we did address the linebacker, um, the defensive end, defense tackle um, spot. I know we brought in about 47 DNs this past free agency period. So um, Javon Holland, who's someone that I, I'm, I'm really high on. I think he's really, he's really explosive. I think he's someone that would fit the mold of what we're looking for. Um, and then Davion Nixon, who was our, I believe our D tackle one, um, who's pushed down the board. Um, he's someone that might be available then. So, someone to keep an eye on. And then um, also Jalon Mayfield, who is an offensive tackle from Michigan. So someone that if, if we did not address in the first round, who it, it you t- kind of take BPA at that point, and if he's higher up there on the board, you know, it, it's all to, to where the Raiders stack the board at this point. But um, I think it's someone that we could consider at that at there and then have to kind of position ourselves on the, on the right tackle side where we have Colton Miller. We have the, the guards that we solidified with Denzel good. Um, you know, we brought in Nick Martin. We have someone that, um, that can just play inside outside, but then you draft someone to develop on the right side. So 
I think that's an option on the end of round two, but let's get into it. Let's get into our NFL mock draft 1.0, I believe is our first time. Um, we usually do this um, just me and you, but now we're actually recording it. So I think it's exciting. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I have the odds. You have these evens, excuse me. So I'm going to take number one, big shocker, Trevor Lawrence to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I don't think it's even a, a conversation at this point. Everyone has just slotted that in. So Trevor Lawrence, not much to say, quarterback out of Clemson. He's going to go there. Urban Meyer came out of retirement for a good reason. He's going to come in and he's going to take his guy and we're going to go from there. So this is where the draft starts. New York Jets, yes. number two, Micah. Yes. Like you said, this is where this is where it starts. This is where things, I guess, could go a few different ways. I think there is an easy answer and also a right answer. And I think those things are both one and the same. And that's going with Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU. You know, there's so much talk about the Jets. Like, do they like Darnold? Are they going to stick with Darnold? You know, you had, uh, I think it was Corey Davis came out saying, you know, he, he came to the Jets uh, with the uh, idea that Darnold was going to be his quarterback and they're sticking with him. You know what I mean? But then you got like, you've got your pick of the litter, the, you know, whichever quarterback out of the draft you want to go with, do you trade out of it? I think new regime, new head coach, they're going to go out. They got a chance to get someone who is truly a dynamic quarterback and can start over fresh instead of being like, well, I guess we'll just kind of wing it. And, you know, they could take an offensive tackle here and go with Donald one more year. And if he doesn't work out get their rookie guy next year, but is there someone you're going to value as much as Zach Wilson? If, you know, most teams only have most coaches and GMs only have one chance to get their guy. And if they think he's their guy, they got to take him. So. Yep. I'm, I'm so happy you, you did that because oh, yeah. um, I, I believe it will be Zach Wilson as well. Um, I think it's one of those things where you're picking that high and yes, you picked that high with Sam Darnold before, but um, you hope to not pick that high again. Um, and that brings me to the San Francisco 49ers at number three, they traded up. So they traded three first rounders to go from 12 all the way up to three got to be a quarterback. Right. And I consulted with our guy, Carl, and we talked it out. You know, we talked out the, the multiple options. There's, there is Mac Jones, right? There is Mac Jones who fits the Kyle Shanahan scheme. Um, he looks like a Matt Ryan. He looks like a Kirk cousins. Um, there are many different ways that it can go. I did bring up, Hey, it could be Trey Lance. Um, I think there's a lot of things that are falling in that direction. You look at the Niners, they can, they, they run the ball 40 times a game. And it doesn't matter if it's CJ Beathard, if it's Nick Mullins, if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, like they're still going to pound the ball and, and, and run for 200 yards. So you could have a Trey Lance who is underdeveloped as a quarterback or, you know, a passer in a sense. So you could have someone like that where you can just get him into the, into what it looks like, into making the reads, making the checks, things like that. But it has to be Justin Fields. I think it has to be. Um, I think he's someone that he can do it all. I think he can run the offense right now. I think he can make the throws. I have questioned him on throwing the ball outside the hash, um, similar to a Dak Prescott in that sense. But I think he's someone that can come in. He can develop. Um, he can still get the reads, but also make the big time throws. If you look at the San Francisco 49ers or at least Kyle Shanahan for a second, you had Matt Ryan going back to Kyle Shanahan on the Falcons. And it was, they had a quarterback that could get through the reads, 
MVP. He was an MVP that year. They went to the Super Bowl and then, but also couldn't make plays off of the platform, off of that first read, that second read, whatever it was. So it was 28 to three. Everyone knows it. It was just March 28th. Okay. Celebration. But, you know, he was one of those guys that could be like motion, punch, fake, ah, one, two, nothing. What now? Right. So I think fields can get through those things. And then at the end of the day, extend it. And that's where Jimmy G fell into it, where it was like, not there, not there. Ooh, take a shot deep against the chiefs, right. Overthrow them, whatever. He's not the guy to get off of something and be able to create something. So I think Kyle Shanahan is so smart that he can just be like, you know what? I need someone that I know he can get this, but can also move off of it, create something that's not there. So Justin Fields, number three, quarterback, Ohio State. Carl wanted it. I wanted it. It's an honorable mention. It's an honorable pick. So Carl is going to take the crown here, and I hope it's the pick. Actually, I don't because I want him there too. I, I If I were the Niners, I would want him there too. So um, anyways, I hate him, but, you know, I think it's a good fit overall. Number four, Atlanta Falcons. This is where I'm getting – sorry. From here, I'm going to have to just be like – Start playing, typing. Playing because, off, yeah, playing off the hip. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. Number four, Atlanta Falcons. What do you got? Yeah. So I think the Falcons sit here and they are just cracking beers, sitting back, and I love perfectly fine. Beers. Yeah. Perfectly fine. It's one of my favorite things. Sipping beers with the boys. It's not a Saturday. It's a Thursday night, but it's, you know, you're cracking them nonetheless because they can sit there and be okay and perfectly content with no matter which way the Niners go. And since the Niners went Justin Fields, the Falcons are going Trey Lance, quarterback, SDSU. I think one of the reasons Lance fits perfectly in that mold, uh, like you said, little underdeveloped in the passing, but with the way Matt Ryan's contract is constructed, um, they would lose a ridiculous amount of money if they got rid of him this year. But if he's cut post-June 1st, in 2022 um, they save like 23 million in cap they cut off the next couple years of his contract so you get trey lance in there sitting behind him for a year learning bring him in 2022 be your starter dude's dynamic i'm gonna put it out there right i've been big on trey lance for a little bit i really like him i think that he is going to have the second best career out of this quarterback class behind Trevor Lawrence. So you heard it here first. Check back in four years when contracts are being given or not being given. We'll go from there. But Falcons, number four, get their quarterback of the future. Good. Okay, <laughs> cool. Um, I, I I didn't know if you would go there, but I think it helps. But all in all, I you know, we don't need to spend too much time because there, there's only some some significant moves and some significant draft picks that we're going to address. But I think that is important because – you do have Matt Ryan. You do need someone to develop. When do you do that? Does Matt Ryan even want to play with someone like that behind him? Who knows? But Trey Lance is the guy. Mike has said it here first. We have number five, Cincinnati. And last year, number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. Correct? Correct. He got hurt out for the year. That sucked. They're like, hey, need to protect him. Need to bring in some crew, some motley crew, some would say. Okay. But you did sign 
you did sign some, some, some offensive line help. Okay. You do have some guys that went out that are coming back. You have some options. So the initial thought is that we need to protect Joe Burrow. It's going to be a tackle. Cincinnati sits at five. No big deal. No, 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 my friend. I'm Lee Hortz. Lee Hortz. Lou Hortz. He just puts on the thing, you know, whatever, college game day. Anyone watch that? No big deal. I think they don't go that way. And and then it is Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase comes off the board, right? Makes sense. Wide receiver one. He's coming up. Everyone's like, hey, him and Joe Burrow. That makes sense. They have the offensive line help. No, 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 my friends. Wow. No, don't you no, 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 my friends. Me. <laughs> yeah. Mac Jones. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Kyle Pitts. Oh, man. This is why this makes sense. Okay. Hear me out. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins on both sides. Okay. You have enough in between. You do not have a tight end. Okay. Eifert gone. Jacksonville Jaguars. You bring in Kyle Pitts arguably the best offensive weapon in this draft. And you can follow the lead. Joe Burrow has been just banging the drum for Jamar Chase. Makes sense. At this point, I think it's Kyle Pitts. I think you need to just do what's best for the franchise. Someone like Jamar Chase will come around more often than someone like Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, number five. Look at you. Look at you. And now. Man. You just absolutely ruined everything. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, that. I'm just kidding. You didn't really, but. But kind of, and that's but, fine. But kind of. Okay. Well, that means that I am sitting here with Miami uh, on the clock at number six. So originally you had Niners at 12 traded up with Miami. Miami then traded up with Philadelphia, who was at number six. So they flip-flopped. I don't know the whole deal behind everything they got, whatever. All that we care about, Miami's now at six. Eagles are now at 12. And they were pretty sure with the Bengals there uh, that they they could potentially take offense alignment. But they also thought, hey, like you said, the connection, Joe Burrow, uh, you know, Jamar Chase, that duo created two of the best players on the best offensive team of all time in college history. Nonetheless, their guy's still there. They get the most dynamic receiver in the draft and start building this wild, wild team that they're just putting together with all these draft picks. So Miami Dolphins, Jamar Chase, number six. Yes, and they have so many draft picks because they keep trading, they keep moving back. Another thing where it's, you know, you have Miami and it's like, oh, Devontae Smith is there. Sorry, we got to go with best player available and that is Jamar Chase, even though it's the same position. So um, that leads me to Detroit, number seven. Now, Detroit sucks, right? Can we all agree there? Um, Detroit is not well um, currently, but here they are. They just traded Stafford to the Rams. Um, so they have they have this epic pick. They now have Goff sent out Stafford. Um, so here they are, and there's a lot of different ways they can go, and really – they need help at wide receiver. So they're going to go Devontae Smith, wide receiver two, 1A, 1B, whatever you want to call it. They have Tyrell Williams, RIP in peace, for, I mean, really for us, four years, 44 mil, you know, didn't do much. Okay. Galladay, gone. Marvin Jones, gone. That was the only threats they had, and Stafford threw it 50 times a game. So if anything, that didn't fluctuate their stats. So we're going to go number seven, Detroit Lions, Devontae Smith. 
um, who is considered probably wide receiver two at this point. Goff needs a weapon. Maybe in one or two years, they may address the quarterback position. Now's not the time. Four quarterbacks have gone off the board. Not the time to do it. Devontae Smith, Alabama. You are up next on the clock, Carolina Panthers, number eight. Yeah, and just to go off of what you, you kind of just said, it was the first four picks, four quarterbacks went off the board. That's insane. Yeah. And, and is, has that ever happened? I don't think it's ever happened. I, I mean, I once again, don't take my uneducated word for it, but <laughs> I don't think that's ever happened. So, We're going to say it has not happened. Before. Yes. Okay, so uh, now we got the Panthers on the clock at number eight. Right here is where I think that window starts for our first defensive player to go off the board. And when we talked about it, we talked about the linebackers. Who did I say he was comp to? Luke Keekley, right? And that is the Panthers taking Micah Parsons, linebacker, Penn State University. They didn't get a chance to go up and get their quarterback, um, you know, their big-time talks of potentially moving up. By the look on your face that I can't see, I, I think I ruined um, just about everything for you. But they go in and they get their they get their Luke Keekley. They get that guy that is going to do everything in the middle of the field for them. They get their defense working on being revamped again. You know, maybe they target a quarterback somewhere else, move back up into the first round. Who knows? But at this point, they don't like Mac Jones enough to take him there. Michael Parsons is too elite of a player to not pull the trigger on. And as much as I would have loved him to drop all the way to 17. And that would never probably happen. That is where the Panthers are going. Micah Parsons, number eight. All right, dude. Well, <laughs> you know, I ruined it. You ruined it. We're fine. Okay. Um, Micah Parsons, number eight, because that's where I had the Broncos going. But hypothetically, if this plays out, I'm not mad because, the, you know, the Broncos in our division don't have that option. But also, they do have another option, and that is going to be someone that is – one of my draft crushes, even though they have addressed the cornerback position, there are options there. Wide receiver options, sure. Still Jalen Waddle, Mac Jones, he's out there also. But they're going to be smart, and they're going to take Patrick Sertan because they brought in a couple defensive backs on one-year deals, and I don't care about what the roster looks like right now. You bring in someone, Patrick Sertan, and gosh dang it. I mean, regardless – Unless they took someone that was just like an offensive lineman, I could get thrilled about for being in our, in our division. But they, they don't take Parsons, which is who I had them taking. They're going to take Sertan at number nine, cornerback out of Alabama. Um, it just makes sense. It's a need. The other guys, once again, as I mentioned, on one-year deals. So here we go. Denver Broncos, number nine, Patrick Sertan. Dallas Cowboys, who do you got? Yeah, this well, is it's, it's going to go wild from here because we are going to keep just like offsetting each other. By the yes, way. definitely because that was like legitimately just who <laughs> yeah. I had. That was yeah. you got Sertan at so, ten. Well, yeah, good. I did absolutely did. So um, they don't get they they don't get their uh, you know their other Alabama corner to play on the other side. So they just go with the next corner off the board. That's Caleb Farley. They're trying to get that defense shored up um, on the back end of things, uh, and this is probably right around the time frame you see these corners start to fly off the board. So as much as they would love Sertan, they're going to go Farley. I'm going to go with, you know, potentially the second best corner. Dallas Cowboys, number 10, Caleb Farley. That's great. 
Well, I, I think so. Just something to note is that he he did have back surgery recently, um, mm-hmm. and then everyone is downplaying, you know, whether he's going to be ready or, or is that going to affect his draft stock? I, I don't believe that's the case. So um, he's someone that is a top five player in this in this class. Um, we we may look at it in three years and be like, wow, that's someone that I cannot believe that one little you know outpatient surgery was <laughs> was something that we docked him to the second round or we're going to be like, yeah, you know, he was injury prone, what have you. So, um, good pick. I love it. I hate it, but I love it. And I'm with it. So, um, New York giants staying in the division. So they have a couple needs. They need some help at the corner position, but you took the two. Well, I took one, you took the other. Um, so I do think that they say we are going all in on Daniel Jones and we're going to take Jalen Waddle at number 11, um, New York Giants. And I, it's, it's one of those things where you have Saquon, you have Evan Ingram, who, you know, don't draft him on your fantasy, by the way, because he is just the worst. He always projects for like 11 points, probably two catches, 46 yards. And you're like, oh, 4.6. He's got it. You know, that's good yards per catch. D- don't do it. But they do have enough weapons where they can invest. Their defense is actually pretty nice. They got to invest more a little bit. Um, they need some corner help, as I mentioned, but I do think they go all in on Daniel Jones, give him one more year, maybe two more years and see what they go. But Jalen Waddle, he's explosive. He's someone that can take the top off the defense. Um, and I think that's where the New York Giants go at number 11. Michael, Michael and Micah, what say you? Yeah, so at number 12 here, we've got the Eagles, like we mentioned before, they traded back. You know, I think the Eagles were really 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 hoping that Kyle Pitts dropped to that point the Eagles on my draft board were really really hoping that Kyle Pitts was going to drop to that point but he did not Uh, and they actually are perfectly fine and excited that uh, JC Horn drops to them at number 12 so cornerbacks flying off the board Uh, big position in need to some people he's you know cornerback too like you said probably maybe has something to do with the the surgery that i was not aware of that happened but nonetheless eagles go in they get a a top cornerback out of this draft and start showing up the backside of that defense a little bit well this is actually unfortunate and i did not even realize this until you start talking but penne sewell still on the board number 13 and and i don't know you know here's what I think we should realize is that there's all this stuff with the mock draft that, and I fall victim to it where I dive in and say, this is exactly how it's going to go. And this is where this person, is. and then when it happens on draft, I'm like, how is this happening? Each team will evaluate and say, this is what our board is. This is what we've got in free agency, you know, similar to the Cincinnati pick that I had with Kyle Pitts, who knows if that's going to go in that direction, but there's a, a justification period where it's like, Hey, we feel fine on the O-line and we just need more weapons. All good. Penny will drop into number 13 sucks. If it does happen, I, I, I just realized I have to pick two out of the three AFC West competitors in our division. Right. Um, I do have the Raiders. You have the chiefs. That's fine. But I don't like picking best player available for both of them, but they do fall victim, not even victim. They, they have the luxury of taking Penny Sewell at number 13, protect Justin Herbert. The other option would be they did address free agency um, in the offseason. So could you take a weapon if Jalen Waddle was there? Sure. But Penny Sewell, you know, 
top five pick, get him at 13. That's where the, the Chargers go. And, and Gould charges Gould is what Arnold would say. So number 14, Minnesota Vikings. What do you got, my friend? Yeah, so the Minnesota Vikings are sitting here on the clock, baffled that the first offense alignment in general came off the board one pick ahead of them. And they're excited about that because that means they get the second best offensive lineman, Rashawn Slater. They've got needs uh, on the offensive line. Um, they've got needs, you know, within guard, needing a tackle as well. Going out, getting the best player available you can at the time for the offensive line. There's a lot of offensive talent on the board, but I think this is where it starts to come off. I think if you look where they're at in the second round, the drop off at what they might be able to get in the second round when it comes to offensive line. If they, you know, go for more of a luxury pick, maybe an edge rusher or something like that at this point, but offensive line, they shore up a big position. One of the more athletic, grittier offensive linemen in the draft, Rashawn Slater. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they could have been more excited about that because for all intents and purposes, he shouldn't last as long, but I, I do think that this is realistic. I think there, there's a lot of, quarterbacks that go first um there's what we have was four in the first four and then it it rolls out to the top corners and it rolls out to the top wide receivers so i think it's very fair and minnesota reaps the benefits you know wedding singer style so i think they're they're happy they're ecstatic they have had some issues there riley reef is gone um they have to address that tackle position so this might be the most the most uh chalk of, of them all. And so I had multiple options as we, as we got through the teens um, and the new England Patriots, they're going to take Parsons gone. JC Horn gone. Mac Jones. Hi there. Mac Jones, number 15 to the new England Patriots. He's getting so much love, so much praise. And, and I mentioned this, my, my guy, Chris Sims, I love him. I think he has great input. He is so high and sorry, he does smoke. He is high at, at times. He, he is so on the record for saying Mac Jones is the guy over Trey Lance, over Justin Fields. He has Kellen Mond over Fields and Lance, like we mentioned. And I, I, I still think that Mac Jones is going to go in the top 10. I don't know where he goes, but I do think that if the Patriots are sitting here, they see Jimmy G, they see a better version of Jimmy G, someone that can probably has a better arm than him um, that can make a little bit better decisions. And you have Cam Newton, you keep bringing him back on one-year deals and you just got to do it, right? So New England Patriots, Mac Jones, number 15, thoughts, or you can move on to 16 up to you. Yeah. No. Well, so the interesting part about that is after you pass the Pats there, uh, you're kind of looking at it and you're like, man, there might be a chance Mac Jones falls out of the first round if the Pats don't take him, you know, and, and it probably wouldn't, but you know, it's like, that's, that's the kind of the spot there where it's yep. like, it could very well just domino effect, you know, Aaron mm -hmm. Rodgers style, just start falling in the first round. But I like, I think that's the most Bill Belichick, person that could be coming in there to try and fill the role of Tom Brady. Number 16, Arizona Cardinals. They are like everyone else also surprised at the way the offensive line picks have kind of panned out and dropped thus far to this point. Um, they're going to go out and they're going to get 
the best interior offense alignment in this draft, and that's Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. Uh, he's someone that you know we talked about. He's going to project as a starting guard in the NFL. He's also got some tackle experience. So if you needed to kick him out for one reason or another, injury, stuff like that, he's got the versatility to do so. Cardinals need interior offensive line help. You've got someone who is going to be a star at the guard position, but can also kick out if needed. So he's going to add some versatility on that offensive line. Um, you know, start getting Kyler Murray some uh, some younger protection there and start shoring up that offensive line a little bit. Yep. That makes my pick a little bit easier because here we go. Number 17, <laughs> what everyone was waiting for. So this fell, you know, okay. I think once again, I, I do think this is very realistic. I think it's, let's just stop for a second. Okay. Greater fans stop. There will be, in my opinion, five quarterbacks that go. Okay. So we have number 17. So then now there's 12 left and then you have two top tackles. Okay. 10 left. And then you have Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. At least two of those will go before 17. Okay. So that's eight. And then you deal with the cornerbacks, Sertan, Farley, or JC Horn. In this fact, it's all three, right? So then that leaves you with five. So as we move down, there's another tackle that goes. There's what do we got? Another linebacker, Parsons, that goes. And here we are at number 17. And so I, I as much as it like 17 sucks, like it's 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 like the worst. It seems like purgatory, right? It seems yes. like Gary on Conley here, where you're just like, you know what, whatever happens, oh, let's take an alleged rapist. Sounds good. But 17. Okay. I had to delete, I had to delete my Caleb Fari because I, I was hoping he would fall that far, but feel great. I feel great about this. You know what? I'm going to pause. Micah. Yeah. You are the GM. Those 16 picks just went. How are you feeling right now? And where are you leaning? Realistically, and that's not part of what we're doing as a draft here. I'm leaning as far back as I can trade to try to Mm -hmm. acquire some draft picks and get out of this position. So let me refresh your memory real quick. So five quarterbacks have gone. Yes. Okay. Three wide receivers. That's eight, yes. one tight end. That's nine, three tackles. That's 12, three corners. That's 15. And an interior offense alignment in. In Vera Tucker. Yes. Who you just, just took. Who just went. How are you feeling? Based on your top three big board you released earlier here. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of where I was going to get into. Um, I would rather trade back at this point. I think that's a pretty obvious thing, but we cannot do that. I don't know. I feel weird because I feel like I would want to take Morig right here because I think that the talent from safety of him at 17, as opposed to someone that we have the option of at 48, is a lot bigger of a drop-off between who our choice is at linebacker at this point than what we might have available at 48 on the linebacker side of things. So that's where I would go in my opinion. Yes. And I, and I put you on the spot because I, I just wanted your honest thoughts because I'm staring two names right now in the face and I don't know where to go, but they were my first two that I filled out before we even released any of this when we started filling everything out. So if it were me, gosh, dang it, because you made this way harder. 
I would trade back to just so yeah. everyone knows. Okay. But the linebacker point was very fair. I'm going JOK still. Oh, I don't geez. even care, man. Who okay. cares? Yeah. Who cares? Yes. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, <laughs> who cares? So here's my point All right, is if you can't trade back and that's what we're doing right now, can't trade back from 17 best player available and you can't factor in anything else. Right. So if you remember when we drafted Colton Miller, who just extended fine. And that was kind of the rabbit hole I went down in Twitter, which I told you I wasn't going to get into. And I totally did. Yes. And I was like, no, I'm standing back. No big deal. Then I did. Okay. I'm actually still in a battle right now, but we were at 10 did not draft Minka traded back to 15 Cardinals took Josh Rosen. We traded 50, or we traded that third round pick for Martavius Prime, whatever. Right. And then passed on Derwin James. And the consensus was, is that we already had Carl Joseph and, and we did not extend him. So no, no. and we drafted Obi Melifonwu in the second round the year prior. We used first and a second round pick in the two years prior to that on safeties. So thank you. So it was like, hey, we're we're fine. We're fine here. You just can't get away from your board, in my opinion. And it and I think of JOK as as not someone that is so like, oh, this is who he is, and then you have to grade him that way. He's so versatile, he can play Mike because everything's going to a two linebacker set. It's a four, two, five, right? Or it's a five, two, four, whatever it is, right? With Gus Bradley. And so two backers and they got to cover east to west. He's perfect. Or you line him up in the nickel or you rush him off the edge. You had a damn YouTube video about it. I know, I know. saw his blitzes off the edge, right? No, No, I'm not debating you. I'm just saying like, he's so versatile in that sense where it's like, this is positionless football. At the end of the day, the offense is playing positionless football. Just, just look at it. Everyone is just a weapon at the end of the day. So why even pick based off of that? So you can be like, oh, we signed Kwiatkowski. We signed Littleton. We re-signed Nick Morrow. Okay, cool. Nick Morrow's in a one-year deal. Littleton has two years left. Kwiatkowski, two years left. We're not set in any of those positions. And if anything, his build and size and measurables is a Derwin James, who's also way better at coverage than an Abram. And sure, they might play similarly up against the line of scrimmage, and you can address the free or the sorry, the free the free safety perspective. But I just think you have to look at the board, and he is he's someone that I, I would just be. This is the best player. Yeah. And we will find a role for him because in two years. Things can totally change and we can get out of deals or, or we cannot resign guys or we cannot re up guys or whatever. So ghosts of drafts past me sitting at Buffalo Wild and he's just saying like, I don't know what we're doing. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm right because Colton Miller ended up being fine. Right. And we resigned him, but he's not great. Okay. And so I just think you have to look at it and say, what stick to your board and my board is JOK Please debate me. Not not debate me, but just, just give me give us something else as, as to why we should if we could not trade back, because I think that's a fair point. That's the like number one we should trade back. Number two, we can't. What do you do? Yeah. So my only my only rebuttal on that would be if you if your first and second round picks were a combination of a safety and a linebacker, let's just say hypothetically speaking, would you rather have JOK? Damn. And Holland, 
which was a guy that you 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 know mm-hmm. you, you pegged at that 48 or would you have rather have mo rig and a uh zavin collins or a jamin davis at linebacker jamin davis didn't make that for but yes yes but you know what i'm saying like in that so in that realm of things so it's like you want that like uh, that ball hawking safety that's gonna be you know that guy in the center of the field and then someone who's gonna be a linebacker that can also cover that's probably gonna play kind of a that sam role as i would i would assume um you know and that's just where i where i put it on there and to be honest with you i am perfectly ecstatic in both situations but i think the drop off from safety is bigger than the drop off at linebacker absolutely love jok no that's 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 exactly what i needed because i was i was in the weeds right and i'm just like picking left and right and i actually needed to know like why am i too close and and i think that's is is 17 too rich for my blood for Morig? Yes. Right. Yeah. But to your point, can we, if we got this, if, if you take two of these positional needs, right. And here's the combination hundred percent it's Morig and even Zabin, Zabin Collins. Right. It, it's, I, I don't, who knows if Jamin, was it Jamin Davis? Jamin? Yeah. Yeah. Jamin, who knows? Jamin Davis. Yeah. I mean, who, he, who knows he if he's going to be there, there but, yeah. but that's exactly how you have to look at it and say, Hey, how is the board falling to this point? And can we get someone or because they could even, you know, we're not doing this right now, but can you trade up for a backer? Right. Or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So I think that's, but at, that's, a, that's but, a good point. Well, yes. But at, also at the end of the day, you can't bank on potentially landing someone later in the thing and pick someone off of that. If you have a guy, you want a guy, you take him. Mm-hmm. We saw that this last draft. Mayock absolutely loved Damon Arnett. He didn't think he was going to be there. And well, we didn't we didn't have a second rounder, did we? Last draft, we didn't have one, so we had a third. We had two thirds. We didn't have a second because that was the second that that uh, the Bears got, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. So we didn't have a second. So they said we love Damon Arnett as a cornerback. He's not gonna be there at three. It's gonna be probably pretty rich to try to trade up into the second round soon enough that we would, you know, be able to get him again. That's our guy. We want him. We're gonna take him. So. The end yeah. of the day, you're sitting at 17, and you drastically value JOK over Morig at that at a 17 pick. You can't think like, "Well, we'll take Morig in hopes to get something later down the road," because yeah, they get burnt. So to argue back at you at your own position. No, no, I, I appreciate that. So okay, we we did we did say that you would have an opinion here, and thank you for that. What would you decide if you had to turn in the card right now? If I had to, t- if I had to turn in the card right now, I'm gonna put you in the spot again. Yes, if I had to turn in the card right now, sticking with JOK, I'm sticking with him, and you want to know why? Because my draft crush Andre Cisco, <laughs> the Raiders can snag him in the third. I have a funny story about Andre Cisco, by the way. But anyways, joking. But no, I I agree that it is something that is going. You know, so many things are semi turning into a positionless position you know you got the wide receiver position is we've talked about that being before it's like you put playmakers out there that can make things happen with the ball in their hands it doesn't have to necessarily be a crazy prototypical thing linebackers starting to kind of lean that way and having electric playmakers out on the field and just finding a spot for them to play is how things are going towards and you know with with how well he can cover 
put him wherever put him in cover someone in the slot bring him off the edge like you said he's just he's so versatile that i think it would be hard not to add that to a defense that needs it so badly even though you don't necessarily have like a you know defined spot for him you know what i mean like a label mm-hmm. to put him under so all right well thank you that, that was very helpful it, it makes me optimistic though you know it makes me feel like you know we, we've, we've talked through this so much to where this is a possibility and, and I, I hope it is, but you know, we'll see. We'll see yeah. on draft day. Yeah. 18, 18 Miami Dolphins. Yes. Let's move on. Back at it with the Miami Dolphins and their 600 first round picks in a three year span. <laughs> they are going to be the first ones to tap into this edge rusher group and they're going to go with Quiddy Pay out of Michigan. Um, dude, just absolute freak athlete. Um, he kind of got moved around a bunch, so you didn't see a whole lot of like crazy, crazy production out of him, but physical, physical player on the defensive line. He was going to push people around. He's going to get out for the quarterback. This is the time frame You probably start seeing these edge guys come off the board, but they're going to go with Quiddy pay. One of the biggest physical specimens in this edge rushing group. So, yep. I love that. Um, the edge rusher is, is it's, it's so crazy because you don't know, like there's, it's not, there's one elite one, right? It's yeah. like, there's, everyone's kind of in the same thing. It's like, where do they fit? Right. It's like, where do they fit in the defense? And there's three of them that are up there and then it, it kind of falls into it. So um, very interesting, but I, I do think it's something that is going to be something to watch at least. So this has changed a little bit for me because I think the Washington football team is sitting there saying, okay, no, quarterbacks are available, right? Just signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. He is going to play until he plays for every team. Um, so watch out Las Vegas Raiders. He'll corner in you guys soon. Right. But I was going to go wide receiver. They, they have Terry McLaurin. Okay. They did sign Curtis Samuel. Could they use another guy like something, something like a Kadarius Tony, right? Someone that's falls in there, Terrence Marshall, bigger body that they may need. think they're going to go, and just keep bolstering that defense. Jamin Davis, number 19. And I had Tony for a while now, and then I'm, I'm going to go Davis because they do need help at linebacker. And as Micah mentioned, he he's someone that could easily be a top 20 pick, or he can just slip until the second round and the Raiders can pounce on him. But I'm going to go Jamin Davis. He's, his stock has risen huge pro day um, in the last couple of days. And I think he's someone that, He's going to add to that. Just their defense is raw, man. Their, their front four is nasty. Um, they have some good corners that they do need to address at some point and replace, but the backers are the issue. Um, and I think they keep stacking that defense and just make it more so where they can just use their weapons that they have, try to win 20, 24 to 17 as much as they can. But um, Johnny Davis, number 19, Washington football team, Chicago Bears, you're on the clock and you may be rattled. I think that, yeah, I, I'm just going to keep saying it, that teams are taken a little bit of back on the way that things kind of pan out with this offensive line situation. Um, and that's why the Bears are, it's not super, you know, sexy. And, you know, they a couple people might have been taken that they were looking forward to. They're going to take Christian Derrissaw offensive tackle. Their offensive line hasn't been terrible but they haven't been good by any means either you know they got the red rocket they got 
they got AD 14 coming in there, um, slaying the ball. And they're obviously probably going to start looking into finding their new quarterback of the future probably pretty quickly. So why not start by getting him a offensive tackle of the future um, and someone that is going to be pretty versatile in the offensive line in general. So, yeah, once I made the pick for the football team, I started typing in Christian Derisaw because I, I knew not, not like I knew that's where you're going, but it was just so obvious that he's, he's a top 15 player. And, and that's what you see in the draft is you see these guys that are it's like, they're there. And, and then you have to just funnel them down, funnel them down. Teams take reaches, Niners trade up. They need a quarterback, whatever. And it pushes everyone else down. So um, I love the pick. I think it's, it's fair. And so here we are with, I believe, number 21, Indianapolis Colts. And they need some help on the, well, you know, they need, they need help in general, right? So you brought back T.Y. Hilton. There's some weapons there. You brought in um, Carson Wentz. Got to fix that guy, right? So all the tackles are off the board. They do have a solid offensive line. Um, but really, at the end of the day, I think they go Aziz Ojalari, one of the Ooh. best names that we could address. Oh, yeah. And I think, he, you know, he's just someone that is – he's so explosive. And and he he had his, he had his pro day where he just blew every everyone out the water. You could go Jalen Phillips. You could go one of my favorites, Gregory Rousseau here. Um, but I think you go Aziz Ojalari. He brings that pass rushing power um, to be that speed guy off the end. Dwight Freeney may bring back some flash – flashbacks a little bit to that Colts franchise, but um, I think you just get that defense, get them a lot better, continue to build around Carson Wentz, but really lead from that defensive side. And I think they go speed rusher off the end or off the edge, excuse me. And, and, and one of those things where you just, Hey, we got to take the best player available. He's up there. That's what I mentioned with the edge rushers Um, there. It's, it's really just, where do they fit? You know, you have these guys, you don't have the chase youngs out there. You just have these guys that are going to fit within the team. And, and I think he would be a good fit to that Colts defense, which is already dynamic, which is already explosive and has speed to kill. And that's where they're going. Okay. Number 22, Tennessee Titans. Who do you got? The Tennessee Titans. They're essentially just going to try to get a little bit of help on the back end of their defense. They're going to go Greg Newsom, the second cornerback out of Northwestern. They need cornerback help. Next guy off the board uh, at that position. So you son of a gun, because <laughs> I had Newsom. <laughs> I had Newsom to the Jets. So okay, Newsom is someone that I, I I feel like it's it's more so where you have to just dive into the film, and, and we don't have time for it, right? Like not a lot of teams, or sorry, not a lot of teams, not a lot of people, just contemporary fans, just can say, oh, I dive into the top five corners, and and I think that even showed when we went into our quarterbacks, running backs, like we didn't, we just kind of took it as, as far as, Hey, this is what we're seeing. It was a couple months ago and whatever. Right. So Newsom is someone that has came on a little bit like gangbusters, I would imagine. And he might, he's, he's going to be a first round pick. And I had him going to the jets next. So all good. I think it's fair, but he's someone that is a big need for the Titans and it's going to fit a lot of holes. I have the jets right now and they needed a corner Newsom's off the board. So I'm going to have to go with my guy, I'm going to have to go with Gregory Russo. I think that I could have easily gone with Phillips. I, I, I could have fallen that way, but they need help in the worst way on the defensive, on the defensive line. They were able to re-sign um, you know, some key players there. They're able to bring back that core a little bit. 
It's a stronger core, but they, they, they spend a lot of money in free agency on the offensive side of the ball. So I think they invest. I, I, I think they should go with my guy, Gregory Russo, um, D end out of Miami. That's all I have to say about my guy. Cause he's my guy and he's going to be the guy. Number 24 Pittsburgh Steelers. So number 24 Steelers, uh, they're going to hop on the offensive line train and they're going to take uh, Samuel Cosme offensive tackle out of Texas. Lord only knows how long Big Ben's going to play, but you got to start somewhere in bolstering that offense and, and getting your, you know, whoever your quarterback of the future is going to be ready and might as well hop on the train, get an offensive tackle um, that can hopefully build into someone that is going to be there uh, for years to come. So love it. No, I think that's, that's exactly what they need. And they're going to address the the quarterback position, whether it's through trade or, or in the draft next year, but they don't have to do it now, especially the fact that there is, you know, really not a ton of options. So um, I have number 25 Jacksonville Jaguars. They are picking again in the first round and Hey, let's bring in Trevor Lawrence. Let's just slide in a little Kadarius Tony. Okay. So this is someone where they have, they got the DJ Chark. Okay. Okay. He's a big X on the outside. He can fly. Okay. But now you got someone slot in the middle. He's a Florida guy staying close to home. Kadarius Tony. He is so explosive after the catch. Um, he's, he's a joystick really. And so he, sure. He could improve on some routes. He can improve on the route tree in general, but once he has the ball in his hands, he is so explosive. I think it's going to be another weapon for Trevor Lawrence that, that can add to it, that can remind Urban Meyer a little bit about Curtis Samuel. Um, and I think he's going to bring um, some good noise to that team and, and just another weapon as they have also invested in the defense for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kadarius Tony, number 25. Micah, 26. Cleveland Browns, which we don't usually see them picking this late unless they had multiple first rounders. But hey, here they are. They made the playoffs. Cleveland Browns, number 26. Cleveland Browns, they are going to dip into the opposite side of that Miami double trouble on the edge, and that's Jalen Phillips. They're building some over in Cleveland, and they're you know they got they need someone opposite of uh, Miles Garrett. They get this dude who is just a freak athlete. You know, edge rusher and safety were two of their biggest needs. They went out in free agency. They got John Johnson from the Rams, uh, and so. Now they address the edge in the first round and they get one of the uh, more intriguing prospects on the edge in this year's draft. I love it. He, he, he fell too far in my opinion, but that, that's how it goes. And these get these good players, they get pushed on the board based off need and scheme fit. So um, I do have the Baltimore Ravens and, you know, I think, so they've been, you know, exposed in a sense where they're, they're trying to, to sign wide receivers. They're trying to give lucrative deals. Um, T.Y. Hilton was one that they tried to bring in. Um, they need help at the wide receiver position. But going back to my point about the wide receiver market, there's still a lot of good players out there. So I think they stick to the board. I think they stick to what they need. They can still gather those wide receivers in free agency. They can still address it as it is a deep wide receiver class in the second round. And I do believe they go Christian Barrymore D tackle out of Alabama, the first D tackle to go off. They, they think he's a top 20 player. He falls to them and you have Calais Campbell, who is really, he's, he's older. He's a big guy. Very nice, very kind, very violent also, but 
you have someone to replace him, you keep building that defense and just trust the fact that you're going to be able to bring in enough weapons on the offense side of the ball, which really it's a run first team that will be able to have enough weapons to exploit the game um, from the passing sense. So Christian Barrymore to the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, I, I think that they, they could use more weapons, but at 27, this is where they got to go. They got to go BPA. Um, we move on to the saints at number 28, Micah, what do you got? Yeah. So I'm going to flip things on, on its heels a little bit. You know, I had the saints looking at two linebackers that I thought very well could be on the board at the time, but they're both gone. But I think someone who is maybe a little underrated when it comes to this linebacker class, and that is not your guy, but linebacker out of LSU, Jabril Cox. Ain't going Cox. That's a weird sentence to say out loud. Love going Cox. <laughs> Off the hip. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they need some linebacker help, and he is – Another one of those guys that's kind of, you know, you're looking at a sideline to sideline kind of guy can pretty rangy all over the field. You know, last year there was a lot of talk uh, on the, you know, on the LSU side of things about Patrick Queen. Uh, and, you know, he came out in the draft last year. Jabril Cox was a big part of that defense and that linebacking core and was, you know, low key one of their better defenders. So uh, I think that he does get slept on a little bit when you're talking about these top linebackers and it may just be because there's so much talent at the top. But I think that in a surprise turn of events, you see the saints taking Cox <laughs> late in the first round. It's, it's a rarity. <laughs> oh man. No, I, I think he's, he's a stud. I, I, I do. I, I have my guys that, you know, fall where they fall, but I think it's, it's a good fit especially where that, um, that division is going. So we're going to slot in Jabril Cox, number 28, to the New Orleans Saints. No clear quarterback available um, there. So now we have 29, Green Bay Packers. And at this point, our guy Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's just done his thing with Barstool to contribute to Burger Hut. He's, he's done his best to get Riley's to the final four to the championship. He's doing his best to represent us. So I think we need to represent him. It's about time we get him some weapons and I'm going to go receiver it. You would think Terrence Marshall, LSU, big body receiver, eh, kind of got that checked out with Devontae Adams. Could you go another wide receiver? Could you go a little bit of Elijah Moore? Not so fast, my friends, Lee Corso. We are going to go with Another guy, and, and I, I criticize my guy Chris Sims, but I'm gonna, gonna go. I'm gonna go. I gotta do it. His number three receiver, Diami Brown, wide receiver, North Carolina. Check this out. This is Randall Cobb, bigger body, more explosive, deep threat. So if you think about it, Marquez Valdez Scanling, MCVS or whatever his name is. Every two plays, he has wide open drops, right? You have all these guys that can take the top off. You have Devontae Adams that is just, oof, he's just crushing people on his routes. He's the guy consistently. I think Diame Brown is someone that can take the top off, that is more reliable, that is not getting enough praise. The receivers tend to, if you're not playing in this, whether it's a conference or you're not getting the exposure, he's in the ACC and it's North Carolina. You're not going to get a ton of love. Mac Brown, thank you. Not enough, right? He's someone that can come in, take the top off, 
and be that actual threat and make that offense more explosive because really what it came down to is the Packers turned into all Aaron Rodgers. And then it was like, Hey, pretty balanced with Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams just lost him, you know? And now it's like, okay, where do you go? What's if it's Aaron Jones, cool. Devonte Adams, whatever. What's the next threat? You do have Robert Tanyan, Tanyan, whatever. What's, what's the next guy that can actually threaten you? Deami Brown, we're going to get him some help. We're going to draft a actual skill position in the first round for Aaron Rodgers. Thank you, Burger Hut. Thank you, Riley's. Number 29, Deami Brown out of North Carolina, wide receiver. Get you some help, Bay Raj. Wow. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Name I haven't heard much of. So coming in at number 30. So there's, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, there's three storylines to this NFL draft. Okay. First one is who are the Jets going to go with at number two? That's where the draft starts. Second one, which quarterback will be the second quarterback taken off the board? And the third question mark of this draft, where will the first running back be taken? And will he go in the first round? And the answer is yes. And right now, Najee Harris running back out of Alabama to the Bills. The Bills have to figure something out with their running game. You can't just have Josh Allen as their running game. They've spent, I believe, both Devin Singletary and Zach Moss both have been third-round picks. Um, you know, so they've always they've gone mid-round with those guys. Singletary is kind of that quicker guy, make catch out of the backfield a little bit. Zach Moss, they brought him in to kind of be the big body dude to spell him. Najee Harris is all of that wrapped up into one. He's going to be your every down bell cow back that can catch out of the backfield. Um, I think it's time they stop screwing around. You know, they got obviously their quarterback of the future, um, their receivers with digs and, and whatnot that have been great round out this offense, get the best running back in college football and the number one running back in this draft, Najee Harris, shout out Antioch Bay area represent. I honestly did not realize we haven't done a running back yet, Yeah, but that would be such a fantastic fit just to compliment that offense. I, I think that's amazing by the way, but running backs typically fall, they, they, they fall a little bit it, it, and it's usually like, Hey, is there going to be one draft in the first round compared to, you know, how it used to be back in the day. So man, that would be a good offense. Holy smokes. Just thinking about it with Allen Diggs, Najee Harris. That's, that's an incredible pick. So Good on you to make the adjustments. I have the Kansas City Chiefs at 31. <laughs> Losers lost the Super Bowl. But I'm thinking about taking a long snapper. And as I address the long snapper prospects, I realized that no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I don't want to I don't want to give them anyone good. Um, but they actually would, forfeit their first round pick. Yeah, because of you know certain things with the league they have to forfeit somehow they're tied into Deshaun Watson's massage therapist um, issue that they just have to forfeit their pick they digress to the second round yeah <laughs> and then also their second round pick so sorry they go to the third round yeah. um but if it fell this way okay your team's pretty good whatever probably shouldn't have lost the Super Bowl whatever um but you did losers you don't need more weapons okay Kansas City just so you know you lost Sam Watkins cool whatever dude okay you have enough. I think they do address the linebacker and they go Zayvon Collins. They go best player available. He's still out there. He can rush the edge. Um, you're still trying to figure out D Ford. He did restructure his contract, but you brought back Daniel Sorensen, which is a great play, by, by the way. 
Um, but you bring in Zayden Collins, someone that, that can really just stack the line, um, someone that can come in and play that three-down linebacker position. It's really best player available. He's a, he's a first-round pick, and you know I, I would imagine if it fell this way and they were <clears throat> they weren't in love with him, they're just going to trade back. But you know, Kansas City takes Zayden Collins and just shut up. Okay, I'm <laughs> over you. I'm over you for being so good. You're up. Thirty-two Buccaneers. Buccaneers. They brought back every single person that was on their roster and a free agent this year, but they cannot keep all those people forever. So that's why they are going to go with best pass rusher edge guy still on the board, Joseph Asai. They're just going to get an all out freak who I believe if I'm not mistaken, Matt Miller comped him to a Brian Arakpo. You know, we had some Brian Arakpo talk when we did, uh, when we did our breakdowns, but uh, yeah, they're just they're going to add to um, you know a defensive line where he's going to be able to kind of learn under JPP and get into his groove by the time that these guys that just signed extensions and everything are you know leaving and whatnot and just start building for the future of the defensive line. So Joseph Asai. Well, that's it, man. Yeah, that was hard. That um, was very hard. <laughs> and, and we talked about it where it was like, hey, I just like. You, right like we, we study this thing and, and we do our best and to try to evaluate prospects that are needs this that and the other who could be but like really once it gets past 17 my train of thought is just like i don't care anymore so once it got into the late teens early 20s once it got there it was just like don't care don't know but you do obsess with like okay 16 who the cardinals taking patriots vikings you know whatever you work your way so, all the ones up to it exactly because that affects it's, it yeah, it's tough, but um, it's that's what makes it fun. And I, I do think that it, this is actually beneficial because I, I think that the Raiders are going to have – it's not a huge need that, they're, that they have to address. I think they have enough talent. It's more about the execution. It's more about the development, like we've talked about on the defense side of the ball, where you just have to just take BPA and who knows where they're going to go at 17, but I think we're going to have a good choice there. Yeah, definitely. Well, that wraps it up. That was, you know, that was a lot. It was fun. We did that on the fly. I'm very glad we got to get our uh, mock draft 1.0 in. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys really liked it. This was kind of something that we we had wanted to do. Andy had teased it a little bit, but you know, we did it. Here it is. Some randos we had to kind of uh, adjust on the fly, but it was fun. Yeah, absolutely. So we are now three weeks away from the NFL mock draft. So Next week, we will, Mike and I talked, we will roll out our seven-round mock draft for the Raiders. Uh, We'll make sure that it flows well, but we'll stick to the Raiders. Um, We'll dive into more specifically that content. So it'll be, um, you know, hopefully something that everyone likes, but wanted to give a, a a good view about the NFL right now because there were some recent trades like the Niners moving up. Um, Dolphins drop back and coming back up as well. So it'll be fun. It's draft season's crazy. Do not believe every report you read, but dive into it. Have some fun. I'm excited to see where this goes and, and uh, we'll get it rolling, man. Yeah. As always, uh, we appreciate the love. Go share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars. Best way you guys can support the podcast. Go sc- subscribe to the YouTube. Subscribe on Apple iTunes to the podcast. Comment on it. All the impressions that we get on all this is what's going to help uh, support the pod and help you know get us to the moon, skyrocketing up up these charts. That's what we're, that's what we're aiming for. So, uh, but we appreciate all the love you guys show already. 
Hope you enjoyed our draft content, and we will see y'all next week. Yep. Raider Nation, love you guys. Stand up. See you guys next time. Mike, peace out. Later.